Very nice. Hey, nice. So uh, we were lamenting before the podcast about the career of John Jones. Yes, we were. I think we should all have a moment of silence. Okay, that's enough. But uh, all right, I got Justin Myrick, Bread Hatfield, aka Beard, aka Greg. <laughs> so, dude, you got to tell the story of your name real quick, just for the listeners. So I moved to Russellville when I was in the seventh grade, and I show up in my math class, and this kid was like, "Hey, uh, what's your name?" And I was, I was still bigger than everybody else. Um, I've always been a, a bigger person, but uh. I was really nervous. You know, seventh grade is like that awkward time in life. Dude, it's the first It's the first grade that matters. Let's be real here. Oh, it was terrible. And so, like, I was all, like, shy. And I was like, my name's Greg. And he was like, did you say bread? And I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. And uh, I thought I was just, you know, being super shy. But it turns out he was deaf in one ear. And nice. I think he was just trying to be funny because he didn't actually hear me. And so he started telling people my name was bread. And, uh, it stuck. Yeah, and then... My like I didn't tell my parents because I thought it was weird, and so they went to parent teacher conferences and my teacher was like, "Yeah, Brad's doing really well. He's you know he's just." <laughs> oh my, and my parents were like, "I don't know who you're talking about." So that is too good. I, I hadn't know. heard that part of the yeah. story. Yeah. When did they finally adopt Brad as your name? Um, so I was in seventh grade when we moved here and got the name Brad, and my sister was in eighth grade, so we went to different schools. Really? So the next year when we went to the same school. We were, people were like, oh, you know, your bread sister. And she was like, who's bread? And then, so everyone started calling me bread. So she started calling me bread. And then, you know, she obviously would call me bread at home too. So my parents kind of picked it up. And then just going to church and people would call me bread and that whole yeah. thing. It was strange. Dude, Nick Oots, um, like when he first met you, he's like, yeah, that guy bread, like the food. Because <laughs> I guess like when you introduced yourself, you're like, hey, I'm bread, like the food. <laughs> That's what I do, yeah. Oh, man. There's a buddy of mine. Uh, his last name is Franks, and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm Ben Franks, like the hot dog. I know Ben, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think, we'd, I think we might have established that. This story might have happened at the gym. That's funny. Bread the food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, Justin, just recently got your blue belt in jiu-jitsu, man. That's super cool. I remember how big, dude, I just remember how big of a deal that was when I was, like, a white belt, you know? Would you, would you, I mean, what would you think about it? Oh, it was awesome, man. I mean, you know, um, I remember the first rank review, Master Dream said, you know, don't chase the belts. Yeah. Just chase jujitsu and let the belts chase you. And I remember thinking, you know, that's good advice because you hear people, you know, it's like in anything, you can have accomplishments and you know, you hear the debate between do the belts matter, the belts, they do matter, they don't matter. I think, you know, I think there's probably a good balance in between those where you don't want to be the guy always just wanting the next belt. But at the same time, to receive the blue belt, it's it's an honor. You know, and I think it signifies the, to me, it's um, it's the journey of jujitsu is fascinating to me. And I think it is a cool milestone in that journey when you get a new belt, and then there's small steps like a stripe along the way that signifies that you're in the journey and I'm loving it. I think to me that was what was really cool is that, man, this is a cool sense of accomplishment, but you know, the journey continues. So it does, man. It's uh into it's, it's crazy. Cause you'll see, um, I was just thinking about the whole hierarchy of things yesterday, right? And even myself struggles with it throughout time. You know, it's like 
But I also get it. Like just today, I was thinking about it again, and because I, I was talking um, on the phone with a buddy of mine about what well, was McMillan, who's been on the mm -hmm. podcast and who's yeah. our judo sensei. Um, he's gonna come on and do a judo unravel. We're all we're gonna talk about is judo. That's gonna be good. We're gonna put it in the like I have a sports unravel playlist. But so like Cora got um, her fourth stripe on her purple belt. So like you like it signifies like yeah well. Probably about six months from now, you're going to be a brown belt, <laughs> you know. I mean, in a, in a roundabout way, uh, unless uh, sh she were to get injured or, or, you know, or something like that come up that mm -hmm. would or, or like pregnant. But yeah. you, you know, we're not yeah. we're not no. doing that right now, no. not right now. But um, you know, like maybe in like three years. Kids that's kind of that's kind of the plan. You oh, do yeah. you? Yeah, you Kids you got you got it. On, on, you'll uh, you'll know when it's time. Yeah, it'll be fun. Well, she yeah, she she talks about it more and more yeah, and yeah. more. She was just talking about it right before you guys got here. Sent me, she was texting me because, um, like you know, just it's not like we're like we have a lot of members at the gym. That's the big thing. Like it's not that because, like I think you know, it's like we don't do contracts. Like our family membership for like people like yourself, if all your kids wanted to train and your wife and you, it would it would cost the same, probably the same as what you and a couple of your, you know, it's like mm -hmm. we're we just try and make it as a reasonable, affordable. Uh, you don't want to come, no big deal. And like versus like there's somebody I guess in town that's like three year contract, bam, you're gonna sign this, that's and I will send time. you to collections if you don't pay. Wow. You know, and that's that is. I mean, that is not um, an uns. Uh, it's not like it's a standard practice, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of martial arts schools that run their business that way, and I mm -hmm. get it. But it's like we have a software; it automates things. But like, just the process of building the business, it's like like the process of going through the going through uh, your ranks. It's like mm -hmm. we've been doing it like. Like the goal, it's like when well, I'm a bite belt in jiu jitsu or judo or whatever. It's like I really want to be like a bite belt martial arts school owner. Hmm. That so like think about that as its own thing, mm -hmm. like that sort of analogy. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's um, you know, it's like I I put eleven years four months into the the process of pretty much, and I mean have been doing this more consistently than not since um 08 i mean the mm -hmm. first couple of years i was really into it and then i would have like you know like, like first couple of years of six month period where i just worked a lot i was trying to make that money mm. and wasn't wasn't training as much but then i came back and fought like three times in a year you know kickboxing to a couple mma fights started competing in jiu-jitsu and then i started um started my own program because my coaches moved and uh, then eventually moved that program into my own location. So then that was 2012. So in that time, it's like we've only been doing this for six years. But, you know, like it's a point. It's like, you know, Corey and I, like I do this history. I teach one history class. I got another one for the summer. But I'm going to probably end up teaching like five a semester, which means I'll have to like probably be on a committee and some other things too. What's a committee? I don't know. But uh, I'm going to have to do that professorial type work on the side. But it's like, man, it's less than 30 hours a week of a gig. And um, Cora's, you know, she's she's really like the program director of the kids. But um, that, like, we've in a short amount of time been able to become stable, you know. Like, neither one of us have to have any other form of employment if we don't want to. 
I just happen to like nerd out on a lot of different things like history and podcasting and jujitsu. And you know what it's like to like, like kickboxing and MMA, like as much as you like jujitsu, it sucks. <laughs> and boxing too, because like, it's not as bad as it used to, because like I've been able to like bring things back into like, and you've even seen like probably an evolution in that more so the last, mm -hmm. since you've been around. Yeah. And maybe that's the only narrative you ever got. Like I was watching Lasseter taught this morning because my back was jacked up and I was just like, perfect. Like, I can't believe that you're that good at explaining that move to mm -hmm. everyone. And everybody got it. And then he was boom, hop right down there. And I was just like, man. So my, he got promoted to blue belt too. Mm -hmm. It's like another they guy from also. our gym. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we promoted seven blue belts. That was, uh, you know, that's a lot, but it, like I said at the end, it's like all seven of those people, yourself included, put a lot of time and personal development into it and approach. And I know you competed, what, three times? Mm. Twice. Twice. Yep. Well, I mean, that's, you know, not even a, a requisite. I tell people that all the time. It's like, you know, and I even tell people like you happen to be a rare, one of the rare savages, but people that are like in your, what to say, age category like referring to like you would be like a master's division guy you know you're over pretty 30. soon senior you're over 30 years old but you you know you're not 40 years that's old right. is that correct that's so i'm a year away okay so you know and but you've been you've been doing like yeah. we i commented you got on my yoga wheel before the podcast and it's mm -hmm. like dude you just look good you, and it's like it's not that you looked bad you just like through like that form of exercise i know you've stretched you got your flexibility is great so and you eat your diet nutrition's on point but Man, it's, it's crazy, man. We, you know, Brett and I, we've had these discussions because we've both been bigger before. And I think, you know, Brett, you can speak to this. For me, man, jujitsu has been uh, an incredible part to get me really healthy. I would say probably the healthiest I've ever been um, with the combination of me eating the way I do. And that's another discussion. But I think, you know, people ask me, man, what do you do? Are you running? You know, I'm just, I do jujitsu twice a week. I mean, sometimes three times a week. And I eat really healthy. So... Uh, it's been awesome, dude. That's been man. Fun. I will say this too. Uh, I mean, I obviously, like, don't see you a ton outside of the gym, but every time I see you, you're like the same jovial, enthusiastic, happy-go-lucky dude. Every time I've seen you anywhere, you know, uh, and that I think that has a lot to do with it too, man. Is like maintaining um, just your positive outlook on things. And I tell people this, I'm like, hey, it's because you're exercising. It doesn't matter what exercise you're doing to me. It's the fact that your body is, you know, you're getting your cardio in. You're, mm. You have that part in check, whether it's because you roll. And, I mean, you stay after class and roll extra and stuff. Man, that, that goes a long way. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's a unique form of exercise that for so many people is super rewarding. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it too, on, on the flip side, that is crazy to see how much like people can swing the other way that don't have, you know, like something like that going on for them, whether it's not because they train jujitsu, just because, uh, man, they're not exercising, their diet's not in check. Mm -hmm. They yeah. don't have something they're involved with, like a team or a community, and then something goes bad in their life, man. Those are sca uh, scale tipping things. Like we've been having, um, Someone that, uh, like, so, myself and my coaches know that's kind of, uh, he you know, he's not like a super close friend to me, but more of a close friend to, like, several close friends. And, like, 
went through a, a bad this guy trains too but went through a bad divorce and there's like you know the kids and got moved out of state and some things and it's like this dude is having a super bad time you know and like luckily he has like really all he has right now is martial arts and um imagine if he didn't have just that that's like that seems to be the only thing that has this dude holding on mm. matter of fact I'll get, this dude was on my podcast and I can't put the podcast up. Mm. That's rough. He cried six times. Mm. Not to th I'm not throwing out any names on Front Street, but I mean, it's just that's what you know. That's what things like that'll do to you. You throw some uh, not sleeping and things in on top of that. Brett, how many times uh, we've had a handful of these times? Maybe some stressful stuff. We can cry on the podcast. So we that's good. <laughs> that's I appreciate. So, I appreciate it. so we we roll up out of church and we're like, you know what? I'm going to really enjoy jujitsu today. I, I need yes. to choke some people and I need to be choked. Yes. Cause then it, it takes relief. all the things that are stressing me out or make me mad. And I don't even think about it for an hour and a half. It is, is nowhere near the front of my mind. And it's just healthy to have something like that. For, and for some people that's like, like what you guys have tapped into and are describing for some people is hitting things. It's never been like, that's never been, I've always been back and forth. Like, I'm like, oh man, I'm obsessing about these combos right now. My jab and counter striking, all my footwork, head movement, whatever it is, you just, you can immerse in it the same way. That mm -hmm. the immersion in the, like, man, I'm just like, I, once I took the class logic, I would just like, I can't, I always tell people this, I can't tell you how much it changed the way I've, um, structured jujitsu mm -hmm. in my mind, like as a, as a linear, nonlinear model, like literally I came out of that class and like, just, I had things down in my head mm -hmm. and like, it was cause I started doing, I started list making all the time and I still do. There's an Excel document open on my computer called the triple jab. <laughs> so, uh, but it's just like, I'll get to thinking about stuff. And, uh, I was just hearing, um, Joey Diaz, who's kind of like a, a rough and tumble stand-up comedian. I enjoy his stuff, but he's definitely not for everyone. But he's an hilarious dude, and he was talking about it. He's like, yeah, I got t like four journals on my bookshelf in, in there, you know, and I do a lot of stuff. And it's like, man, when you're inspired, I just, like, I think you should definitely, like, write it down. You know, I'm always, like, doing notes on my phone, mind maps, excuse me, um, writing things down, putting my ideas down. And most of the stuff that goes down becomes something it becomes a video on the youtube channel it becomes a combination of fighter throws in a fight a move everybody in the school starts doing like that and that's like the whole uh the whole goal and like the most satisfying part is like creating something mm. like culture inside the gym or whatever and i'm not like it's not me as much as it's just like hey this is what i'm doing right now that's what i'm into and then it's not like I'm the only person that's into it. It's that's what jujitsu is for everyone. That's what people mean when they say that. I think that's what I mean. It's mm. like, oh no, I, I, yeah, I'm doing this, but there's plenty of people doing this all over the world. This particular move, I, I, I discovered it on my own, but I'm sure you can go find like 10 videos of people doing it on yeah. YouTube, you know? So it's, it's fascinating. Well, uh, so our main um, thing we're going to talk about today is Fabio Santos. Oh, yeah. That dude is so cool. 
So um, we'll, we'll let Justin um, tell the story. So uh, the story of how you met him and stuff, and and then you got to go train with him, and then by proxy of you who introduced Beard here, Bread, Greg, to jujitsu. Then you guys, but you know, so because Justin's going to San Diego, y'all going for the same reason. Y'all doing a, a like a mission out there of some yep. kind. I'll let you can any plugs you want to give. If there's a way people can donate or anything, like yeah. plug it on here, and then yeah. you know you can share it or whatever. Because that's part of the cool thing about the podcast. I haven't really started to monetize that, but people will just donate to your podcast or donate to people on the podcast mm -hmm. that they liked listening to. That's cool. Yeah, if they have a cause, you yeah. know, that's good. So, I mean, is is the podcast grows and whatnot, but uh, I'll um, I'll say I got to be in the same room with Fabio, but didn't really get to talk to him, and really didn't even like I was so swept up in that experience that I didn't even really notice he was there. I was like Pedro Sauer, John John Machado, at the Hickson promotion to Red Belt, which I've done podcast about that and a couple of a podcast and a vlog about Hickson, but mm -hmm. Fabio is a coral belt. Um, total uh awesome dude from everything i've seen i've seen him show techniques dean lister and jocko willinick came out of his gym um so how did you, how did you i didn't even know who fabio so, santos was until you told me by the way dude well, you know that yeah well it's interesting because i had started coming to the gym it was about this time two years ago so we were set to go to san diego with our church and our college group so we take a group out there and, you know, San Diego is a beautiful city. And part of what we do, man, we just exchange culture. We, you know, we tell our students, like, be lifelong learners. And the way that you're a lifelong learner is you ask questions. You talk to people. Share culture, man. Share belief system. And, you know, so we, we go out there and uh, we get to, there's a part of San Diego called Mission Beach that's just super fun. And uh, anyway, so we're out there just hanging out. And, uh, you know, we it was early in the morning. I told hey, may not be any people out there but just you know man talk to people you know learn about them learn where they're from you know what they believe in you know what just about the city anything so uh it was pretty chill but uh yeah there was an old guy just uh older gentleman over there uh warming up stretching and i just thought man i'll go up to him talk to him and so introduced myself he says he's fabio and so i was like oh you know how long have you live in san diego he said how many every years i said so where are you from originally and uh, he says oh, i'm from brazil so I said, oh, okay, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, and having just started train, it's, it's hilarious because I didn't know anybody, you know, and uh, just you. I mean, that was, this well, is Well, and I didn't, I mean, I know who he is now. Oh, And yeah. I'm like, how did I, now he's one of the dudes he's, and I'm like. And he's on BJJ Heroes. Yeah. He, so, yeah. but he, he was just super, he was super humble and nice. But I, I asked him as soon as he said Brazil, you know, in my mind. Like, oh man, you know, have you uh, have you trained in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? And he just it's hilarious. He just smiles and he says, This is what I do. And I was like, Oh, okay. And he's like, and then he just in a really cool, humble way, and like you and I have talked, man, the, the you know, jujitsu's at a unique stage. I mean, it's not that old. I mean, so you have all these people who are the legends of the sport, like still training and still running their gyms. And so here's this guy who so I just know and like this guy's probably like there's just something in me was like this dude's probably really significant in the culture jiu-jitsu and so i was like hey man could i grab it because it was cool just that random meeting like that to to see him and we talked jiu-jitsu and i asked him the question i said hey well what would you um what would you recommend to a white belt because i just started training and you know what he told me he just said keep going to class just keep going to class and i did you know and 
still going to class, man. I thought it was, it's it's interesting that all the things he could have said. That's that's what he said, man. Go to yeah, class. I know. So, I think I think we were, I think we were at IKF or something when you did that. Like mm-hmm. we were like, I think I was in Orlando, Florida, and because I remember talking to you on the phone or something. Yeah, I sent you a picture because I took a picture with us. Hey, you mind if I grab a pic? He was he's really super humble, man. Just a nice guy, and so he. Uh, he, yeah, we grabbed a pic together, and I was like, man, so nice to meet you. And so I sent you the picture. I was like, hey, man, Reina Fabio Santos out here. One and then I Googled him, and I was like, this is a big deal. <laughs> this is like, dude, he opened the fourth jiu-jitsu gym in, in the States. Wow. It's the I fourth didn't know gym that either. Yeah, dude. It's right, It's just right there. And uh, and ca- California, Southern California in particular, is just such a cultural hearth. Oh, yeah. Man, like Better. like people, like we have a bunch of my teammates and coaches going to Brazil at the end of June. McMillan's actually going and uh, I'm going to have him on the podcast after he gets back to just talk about it. I don't know if I will ever fly 17 hours in one direction. Hmm. Just not – doesn't seem like that's going to be for me. But here's my excuse. Like Hicks and Gracie's in Southern California, so is Fabio Santos. Like most of the people – Andre Galvao, most of the people I want to train with. And I think going to Brazil would be like an awesome life-changing experience, but – it's not one I'm just like jumping up and down. Like mm-hmm. if Core and I both went, it's going to be like $7,000. Yeah. It's about yeah. three to $4,000 a person, depending on how everything comes out. And it's like that. And man, it's like you get there. Like I've heard multiple people say that. It's like by the time you finally get acclimated, you hop on the plane and fly 17 mile, or hours back. Yeah. Uh, and I, man, I don't even really like flying that much either. So San Diego's not a bad not a bad flight. It's really not, man. Two and a, half a, a straight shot to Vegas. Excuse yeah. me, it's two and a half. Uh, did you guys fly straight, straight there? No, we stopped in. Um, dude, we went through Vegas one time, and it was so bad. They, and I didn't realize they said in the summer, those landings and takeoffs are insane. <sighs> yeah. So I made a commitment. I was like, dude, we're going through uh, Phoenix from now, man, just because that – they I don't know what it is, the mountains. What is it about that that makes those takeoffs and landings so I don't. I, th- I don't dude, know. Maybe the rough. humidity. I don't know what it is. But, dude, so one time we got to Vegas, it was like – it was nighttime. And at this particular – it was like 110 degrees or something. It was like the hottest summer it had been or something That's like crazy. that. That sounds terrible. Yeah, so I think I sorry to cut you off. What were no, you saying? No, 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 you're good, man. But no, it was it was fun. And then I actually that summer I didn't have the chance to, you know, we had a, we were running and gunning just all around the city. Um, and so we got some guys over there that are uh, that planted a church, and one of them was in a theater, which was really cool. And they kind of deck it out every Sunday and kind of make it uh, welcoming to everyone. But the next summer is when I was thinking, all right, you know, I got to get over to to Fabio Santos Gym. You know, I got to train because at that point I kept going to class. You're talking it's a whole year later, been training a year and a half. It's like, dude, we got to make this happen. So we, where were we when uh, we were at the shopping center? I forget where we were over there. Remember that cool shopping center we found? Oh, yeah. Yes. Like it's we like a fort. Yeah, so like, oh, yeah, it was awesome, man. And so it was a really good spot to just hang out, lots of good places to eat. And and so I looked at the watch, and I had looked at his schedule. I'm thinking, dude, this is a good opportunity because I didn't give you this uh, little insight. I'm, I'm on the beach again, and I'm like, man, that'd be crazy if I run into Fabio again, you know. And sure enough, there he is. So I run up to him, and I'm like, hey, man, you may not remember me, but uh, I just want to tell you, man, you encouraged me as a white belt just to keep going to class. And, hey, I've been going to class, and, man, just uh, it's good to see you again. He's like, man, you need to come to my gym. Did he remember you? Yeah, he did. He's like, yeah, I remember you. So he's like, you come to my gym. And so it worked out like I think it was that day that I uh, I stumbled over there and he's like oh, he was super welcoming man I mean the gym is you know it's it's hard it's it's really cool and it shows you just his success of just his 
level of jujitsu is there's there's no big advertisements there's no i mean you would pass it a hundred times and maybe never know it's there and well there's a ufc gym yeah. a big one yeah. right down the street huge and then, sign hey would you like would you guys like to start a ufc gym because we can <laughs> anyone can yeah anyone it, can. but it is they commercialize it I, yeah. it's you would think it like you would think it would be this awesome thing and sometimes you'll have people like yeah. that do have a nicer one but because of the corporate side of the ufc gyms like they won't let you do all these things. Yeah, like, it's, it's weird. I was amazed, like when I was driving. I'd, I'd never been to his gym before when I got to go, and here we go rolling past this gym as big as a gym as, as I've ever seen. You're like, that's got to be it. Yeah, and then we roll, then we turn left, and we pull into the parking lot, and I'm like, I don't even see a gym, and it's like this, it's like the size of our smaller mat, and that's his whole gym. Dude, you guys got to go to Danny Green School. It's yeah. the same way. It's the yeah. same way. It's awesome, so, man. Yeah, we so we go in there, and it's it's uh, or it's just me at this time because Brad wasn't training yet. Uh, that was changed shortly, though. Yes, we'll talk it about was that, that day that we actually decided. So I, I sent him a picture. I put on, you know, that he had a gi for me and stuff, and I sent him a picture. I was like, "All right, bro, you better pray for me, man. I'm about to roll up here with some big dogs." And uh, so he was like, "What are you wearing, man?" That's that was your text. Pajamas. <laughs> what it are looks you wearing? Like, looks like a kimono, which is kind of what it is. Yeah. So we so we go out there, man, and it's uh you know there's probably thirty people at this noon class, and um you know it's it's fantastic. You know he starts you know kind of that, and you do this too, and I love this part. It's one of the reasons I, I probably keeps me in jujitsu. I, I reference that, and you know I post that Facebook post about the three things that kind of draw me to it because it's Roland's pure fun. Um, you know I talk about staying in shape, and then the self defense aspect, and I think you know he always starts with a self uh, defense, usually standing. And then he'll transition it from, okay, what does this look like in, in sport jujitsu? And so we did the uh, Waki Katami and, uh, you know, standing on that move. And so it's fantastic. And so, but we did that and then uh, had the class. Um, and they, you know, they, they have so many students. And I think we're getting there, bro. This is fun. I mean, you got a slew of white belts and some of those just got promoted to blue. And it's fun to see the growth of the gym, by the way. I, th I think it's really neat and it's a cool culture. So, it, but you, he would do all right, whites and blues. And then they get off and it's like purple and up. And then at the end, anybody can roll. And there's a black belt sitting there. And, uh, you know, I think I was looking around like, I mean, I'll roll again, you know. And, and so I looked at Fabi. He's like, oh, yeah, go for it, man. So I go roll with this black belt who's a stud. And, uh, you know, he's playing just like you. You know, that's one thing I've appreciated about um, the culture. I know there's different probably cultures out there, different gyms. But, man, you know, obviously knowing this guy could smash me in an instant, he lets me play. You know, and so he lets yeah. me, he defends himself. He even, he even let me, I, at one point I may have taken, he, he probably allowed me to take his back kind of situation. You know, of course he gets, and I'm, I remember thinking, wow, that, you know, just the, he, he was very smooth his movement. Um, he wasn't ever worried, but, but we, we got finished and he, I said, man, thanks for letting me play. And he's like, no, it's my job uh, to make you a killer. That's, that's my job. If he says, if I just smash you, what does that do? And I think that's something I've picked up from our gym that I've, you know, from, Man, Randy and Woods and Brashear, when I st first started coming, I mean, they would they might smash me, but then they'd be like, hey, let's back up a minute. Let me show you how to get out of this. And that's a cool part of culture that I'm so thankful that you have established in our gym because I feel like some of that, that's probably not the case in every gym. And well, okay, yeah, I mean, and that's it. Like, this whole Fabio Santos story is a perfect example because, like I said, I didn't know who that dude was. And I'm like, my – you the white belt at my gym told me about him i then i look and then i go look online and see a video of him showing this variation of a bridge and roll that hickson does and piece it together with some of this hickson information i have on his bridge and roll and it's like oh, 
that's the part B oh. Hickson was talking about. He didn't cover and did. I mean, I, that would never happen. I, I learned to find out about. So I go, you know, he was super humble. He didn't say, any, you know, I go online. I'm looking on uh, the BJJ Heroes, and there's this video of him. I forget who he's with, but he's just talking, and they're um, they're just talking about you know the history of jujitsu and where they've been. And dude, you know what he did to get his black belt? So UFC one was Hoist Gracie, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So prior to that, they're down in Brazil just chilling, and they're like, "Okay, Fabio, you want your black belt? You're going against Hoist today. If you beat him, it's yours." Guess what he did? He beat him. He yeah. beat him, dude. Dude, you know Danny Dreams rolled with Hoist. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, back in like he t he told me what year it was. It it's like late eighties, early nineties. Oh, um, it awesome. it a seminar that I believe Horian taught, and he said he Elio was there and was like major Skeletor, and this is like in the nineties. And he, I mean, Elio died in oh six, I think it was. I have the um, uh, Black Belt magazine uh, from from when he passed away. But here's a here's another layer of this. I have a jiu-jitsu magazine in which Fabio Santos is showing a technique that I had. And I could tell you the technique. And as soon as I piece it all together, because it's like you don't see that many dudes with that white white hair, that, this, that short white hair. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, he's a guy definitive look, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, okay, uh, that's that guy. So you just start yeah. noticing the connections, too. But I've been telling people this a lot. It's like it's like uh and i text randy this yesterday as you mentioned randy but there's like two things for sure that like randy told michael lassiter that michael lassiter asked me about that i just not anything i did you know and i was just like cool i'm gonna steal that and now i do them all the time like and then i expanded upon them and added them to things i was doing it's like accelerated the process and now other people are doing it too but it's like the conduit for that was a white belt you know that's like like conduit it's just like a, a great way to describe and it's like it's got to flow from me to you to the other person it's like i was jacked up yesterday but it was still like hey let's let's work on this man i want you to get this now as a white belt but that way you're not deficient at it oh, we were doing outside heel hooks in the gi and bread nearly got me in one of them by the way yeah dude he was getting them yeah this, well, that, this dude, just that five minutes that we took when i wasn't rolling when there wasn't anybody else you know that five minutes changed my my perspective because when we were doing it you know well yeah i do totally i do know and no. that's the thing it's like that's why i was like not not but it's like if anybody in the room didn't get it you're one of the newer people there yeah. so it's like hey you know like i'm not gonna roll with you any other day i would but my back was jacked up yesterday too i don't i, I taught all my classes and dudes i i went to get up this morning and like I, and i didn't even like i kind of stayed i stayed up late and we did a podcast that, like we were finishing it up at midnight I got a, I was like, I was going to get up at four 30. So I took a shower after the podcast, went to bed at like 12, 20, fell asleep and woke up. And, um, I woke up at four 30 and I could not get up. Mm -hmm. So I just laid there 15 minutes and then Cora helped me get out of bed. And dude, at, at one point I was able to like lean to the front left and like something kind of like pulled and released. And like, it was just such a relief. It still hurts and stuff, but. I was able to start walking around. Like I couldn't walk around until that point. It was like, but uh, that was from coughing, not doing jujitsu. I coughed. Right. My back went out. 
It's yeah. never jujitsu. But man, it it, it that's the these I think like these are all just such good reasons to be, get involved with jujitsu, because and at the right academy, because not all academies function this way. But um, the major, I, I think the I think ninety seven percent of them probably do. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there there's gonna be bad everything out there, mm -hmm. and. Uh, but I do, I try and foster that environment where it's like, uh, hey, yeah, you can be a white belt and teach a white belt something. You can be like like Randy the other day, for example. I mean, like, and I don't even know, I, I don't even, like, I, I just kind of roll the same way with everyone all the time. And, it, like, I, it's not, like, I will tap out. It's not a thing for me. Like, I will put myself in bad spots all the time. I'm trying to get better at all of it all the time. And it's like, are my defenses weak here? Do I need to work on defending against this choke? Why did I make it? So it's like, I'm always trying to break it down that level mm -hmm. too. I've never been somebody that's going to like roll aggressively after being tapped. It's just like, Hey man, let's get right back to it. But Randy caught me the other night and I was just like, what did he get you with? I don't, I, uh, I think it was a knee bar, dude. You know, it was something, something that he does too. It's something that is definitively Randy's game, and that's another thing, dude. It's like you, there's going to be people that have those moves, and it doesn't matter what the rank is. But after we went, I was just like, "Hey, man, you just you just tapped your first bite belt," and he was just like, "You're Brian," you know. And that's the attitude, you know. It's yeah. it's like it. That is it. That's what we've been mm -hmm. trying to create. Is like. The, the the hierarchy exists only for the reasons you were talking about in my mind, mm. you know, and it's like, it's, it's going to be cool because people like, uh, Randy and Sharpie and, um, um, Cora, those people are going to be like super legit worthy eight, eight and a half year black belts. Randy will be a little longer. But it's, uh, you know, versus, and that's the process. It's yeah. not like, I don't think it's ever going to be like, oh, the next cop's five-year pipe boats. Yeah. But, like, man, yeah, this that's the goal. It's like it took me longer, but it's like I had to do private lessons, drive to train, bring people in. N none of my students ever had to do that or will ever have to do that in order to learn. You know, and I, I'm not saying that's why it took me longer either, but those hierarchical reasons are why it, it took me longer. It's like there's just like a perception. It's like, well, now these three people have to be promoted at the same time. Like you and Woods both always talk about how the next generation of white belts should be better. And that's encouraging. That's why you're learning me. the outside heel look yesterday. Yeah, with the reef, right. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I can appreciate that just because, you know, as a white belt with no tips, I'm learning things that. When when did you learn the outside heel hook? You know, that's I've I've always known it, but when did I really learn how to do it? Like within like last week. <laughs> no, but I mean that's the thing. Yeah. I did learn some new things about it last week, yeah. and then then I like I've known it since I was a white belt. But like back then, we were doing MMA, and it was like you could break someone's knee if you do this, guys. And I did pop a guy's knee once in practice. He was fine, but it was just like looking back on it, dude. You guys, like, here's some things White Belt Brian did, right? It's like, why are we doing this move? I'm not any good at it is the reason I'm upset about it. Let's pretext <laughs> it. This is stupid. Let's roll. Like, I was saying these things to the coaches. It's like, I'm never going to use this. We need to roll so I can use the moves that I use. Yeah. It's a total selfish reasons. And, 
looking back on that, it's like, I do not want that to be something that goes on in my gym. Here's another thing. They're like, hey, we're adding Brazilian jiu-jitsu to the schedule. Because Caleb got promoted to blue belt. He's the only blue belt I knew. And, like, I didn't even know that this time, like, Dring and just, like, a couple other bite belts in the state. And, like, I didn't know any other colored belts. And it was just like, did you say more rolling? I got to get that suit. It's $100. Let's do that. More, more rolling. Anything to roll. Yeah, and, and then it was just like you would go and you would you would roll and you would just like, I mean, I'm talking like all out drench your gi. And then I would put it back in the bag. Uh-oh, you're doing old school jiu-jitsu. Oh, no. And then I didn't wash it and I'll wear it again the it. next week. I was disgusted. Dude, your partners must have hated you, dude. Like well, and it would win, be, though. and it would be like, so like I heard like back then, I'm like, somebody told me this, like, that's what they do in Brazil. And I was like, this is how they do it in Brazil. Like just, but they would just like go home and like set their gi out and it would like form fit set in front of their house. Like nice. after training. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And then now I'm just like, you guys better wash the insides of your bags out no, because you did, you did you give us that. And, and then somebody's like, how do you feel about belt washing? And I'm like, never wash your belts. What's so funny is that day you did that in class. I was literally in my closet putting the jujitsu stuff up and I'm holding my belt going. He didn't talk about the belt. Isn't that a thing? Like you don't wash your belt. You don't wash the drink. I, I said something that? about that to drink. He's like, you never wash your belt. <laughs> <laughs> like just at, just at the rank of you the other night, he's like, "No, you don't wash your belt." What are you talking about? Uh, but I think there's a guy I follow, uh, Chris Howder. Uh, if you don't know who Chris Howder is, you dudes, and we can watch a video of him uh, on the um, on the, uh, the TV there if you want. But he's a guy that you maybe heard him say this quote. He's like, "You could be doing anything in ten years. Yeah, why not be a black belt? Why not be a jiu-jitsu black belt?" Yes, that's what I want to do. Yeah, I know, dude, and it's so attainable. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, if uh, if Jeff Woods can do it, being an an executive dude. administrator at a local at a university, like a, a, the third largest college in the state. I mean, yeah. it's not like it's a a small university. Mm. Have a wife, two kids, lives in Conway. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and wow. he's gonna get his bite about before he's fifty. You he's know, a, he's a beast, man. He's he strong. is, and he's for, he's gonna be forty seven. Like he's forty six awesome. years old. Yeah. Like what's and like yeah, I have such a a lot of respect, so much respect for that guy, but um, you know, like dude, that guy was like my mentor. Like it was like we've always had a weird dichotomy because I was like uh, taking a class with him, and he's like, "What's this jujitsu shirt you're wearing? You know, I'm a taekwondo black belt, and I've always wanted to do jujitsu." And I'm like, "Well, hey, you know, I had just started my own program. I'm in the back of this fitness center right now." And then we started splitting around this karate school and dude, he's been with, he was like my first student that didn't come from the move from Inferno. So like Brandon Motley and Adam Sharp, they came from that move, but Sharp didn't, Sharp stopped training during that time and came back after I'd been going for like, and I got in my first location and you know, it's just, uh, it's been crazy how it all pieced together, but he started training, and now he got his brown belt six months ago, and in a couple of years, he'll be a black belt. I mean, that's – and he's got tons of time in. Yeah. For the first several – like, dude, there was not – I didn't even offer noon classes when I was in college. Like, yeah. I could, I wasn't able to do it. Um, and then, uh, you know, Friday open mat times at 4.30. 
That was Jeff Woods' original private lesson spot. Wow. Like, we always worked at Friday at 4.30. He would do a private lesson with me. And, dude, he just got hooked. And then, bam, hey, we got noon classes now. And then he comes to yoga sometimes, comes to that open mat spot, which mm -hmm. is like, if you look at that, it's like, first it was just me and him in the gym on a Friday. And uh, you've been to open mat on Friday. Oh, man. It's fact. Rocking on both mats, it's people fact. doing private lessons, people hitting the bags, ro people rolling, everybody doing everything that every that we've been working on and everybody being able to do. So it's it's a cool process, but so training with Fabio, you roll with the bite belt. Um, oh, at the end, this was cool. He, uh, I asked him because you know I thought it'd be cool to get a picture, and he's like, "Yeah, it's a good day for a class picture." He's like, "Hey," and then he tells the story. You know, it's just kind of cool, man. He, you know, I just love that man. He he's to to be at his level. And accomplish what he's accomplished in the sport and into what he's brought to the table to just be that chill and that humble and that welcoming to a to a white belt from Arkansas that was pretty cool so he's he tells the story and we all get together and take the group shot of the class man it was it was pretty cool pretty now I'm, I'm gonna have to go I've never been to San Diego but if I go I'm definitely trying to go guy. Yes. I might go to train with him yep it would be a word it's awesome man it is crazy I tell people this um a lot just coming into contact with them and they've talked about it on the podcast but what is crazy is how much interactions like that with people can have such a like a, sh a small interaction can have such a profound influence on like the direction that you choose to go that's what i was kind of alluding to earlier it's like when stuff goes bad in your life it's like and you get off the path and your whatever happens goes awry but it's like i mean just the like getting to train with hickson it's like that was four hours but then you put that combined with the you know however many i've spent a lot of hours with jack and jack only teaches hicks and stuff and um man it's just that that those two people and then just those seminars with hicks and had such a because it just was such a an enlightening thing to ha to go through you know that's like it's like like i was saying like going to brazil would probably be a life-changing experience but, you know, training with Hickson was a life-changing experience. And I don't, like, I don't think I can top that. And the only way I perceive topping it would be, like, doing a private lesson with Hickson or going to training with one of Hickson's top-level guys that says Fabio Santos something and being like, hey, man, I'm, ne I'm never probably ever – I'm not going to say it's not going to be possible for me to get to do a private lesson with Hickson, but it would be hard to pull off. Mm. I could probably arrange it with Jack. And, and dedicate myself to making it happen and going out there. But it's like Jack has had one schedule with Hickson and then Hickson canceled that day because it's bad. Mm. You know, and like, but like when he does a private Jack, it's like three and a half hours. So he just did a private lesson with Jack and Scott Kahn the other day, the actor. He's a jujitsu black belt from like a, the Ocean's Eleven movies and Varsity Blues. He plays Tweeter in Varsity Blues. Yeah, I've been seeing some uh, Hawaii a variety of stars getting in the that's it man and it's it's because it's for a lot of people like i don't like i like it it's it is for every is for all it can be for all people all all people from all walks of life but um you know it's it's definitely uh some people 
are not going to take away the things that we're talking about from it, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that's just nothing. Not, not they might go find boxing, you know. They might not find anything. I don't. I don't know. But it's uh, that's uh, a lot of people. It's just for everyone, and I I agree with that to a degree. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, like when I was at speaking of jujitsu for everyone, when I was at Fabio's gym, because so Justin inspired me to go, so I went and there was forty people in the room. And this one guy, he was probably in his fifties, brought his three sons in, and they—I mean, you have gen- there. You, there's a generation, you know. And I rolled with one of his sons. He was like sixteen. He was a blue belt. Savage. Oh man, like he just played with me. He put me in his clothes guard, and I was doing everything I knew to do to pass his guard. I couldn't, but I mean, he and he helped me. And the other black belts in the room helped me. And then there's these women in there. There's a, a black belt woman. She can't be a hundred pounds. Whip my tail, and I weigh 260 pounds. Like, she could whip me. And so it was just cool to see how, you know, there's a whole variety of people in there that can do this. What was it, by the way, I never asked you this, you know, you know, because we talked, you know, you knew I was going to class and stuff. Of course, you knew that summer I went to, to go to Fabio's gym. You're like, what were you doing? It was shortly after that you said, you know, I think I'm going to come to Jiu-Jitsu with you. What was it that... So it was that day when you showed me that, Standing wrist lock where you take him to the ground. Oh, in the hotel yes. room. Yes, you showed me in the. Ho- so like he shows yes. me this room and uh, this move in the hotel room and the the college kids that are with us are like, what are you two doing? And we had, we, you know, we had. I've known Justin since I was in the like, ninth grade, time. and so we had boxed and we've wrestled and you know he's always been around for me, and so I, I was in. I liked UFC. I knew he liked UFC, so we've always kind of done this thing. And then he showed me that move, and he kept inviting me, and he knew that I was on this kind hey, of... Hey, Ted styles you, bro. <laughs> started tagging me every time we went to the gym. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ted was on the podcast a couple I weeks gotta, ago. You got to shout out Ted. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be here without Ted, man. How many times do you think he... Oh, at least 100. I got to say it was... I, I, I mean... Not, you're not exactly Because he would go to that fitness kickboxing class, and every time he would go, I would see that pop up on my Facebook feed. Justin feet. Myrick. That, dude, and then just like... So one day, I was just like, dude, Ted is not letting this go, bro. I remember you, that. You better just come on in, man. What can we do? I remember one time I was I was doing a Facebook live and I was like uh, I was like mopping the floor in my office and I'm like man this is you know the behind the scenes stuff I'm cleaning at the gym you know this part of it or whatever and he he like the live is going and he tags you in the live and I was just like this dude about to see me running a Swiffer (laughs) that's what I thought man that is awesome yeah so I was I was on my own health journey you know I. So I graduated high school, or not? I graduated high school at 180 pounds, like a stick. Dude, yeah, you you two, you were even. Uh, so I I met you in graduate school when I was in graduate and school, and you were an tech. undergrad. Yeah. And so I graduated tech at like 220, and then moved. I moved to California and went to to seminary. I just got married, and uh, I when I graduated seminary, I weighed 285 pounds. I, I was pushing three bills, and my none of my clothes would. I had one pair of pants that would fit. Most of my shirts. I would have to like suck in my gut to get it buttoned, and uh, so that was a real journey for me. And so Keely and I, my wife, we moved back to Arkansas, and I work at, at First Baptist here in Russellville. And you know, I was kind of in this this moment where I ha- I was gonna have to decide: am I gonna get my life back together health wise, or I'm am I just gonna let it go? Because I was in this in between, like eating late and ice cream every night and whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, and um, honestly, I just got tired of, and I was wearing size 40 pants 
and I could not put them on. Like I could not button them without laying down on the bed. And I was embarrassed. I, you know, I, I do have some serious, like even <coughs> self worth kind of issues, but I had to start working through that. So I started lifting weights at, at the gym and didn't lose any weight, but my body started changing. You started, feel, you started looking at yourself a little differently too, probably. Oh you? yeah. I, yes. But I still had this like lack of confidence and I'm a bigger dude. Like there's no reason that I should be scared of someone or like mm. scared of someone pushing me. Yeah. And so, um, so I started, I started lifting and my body started changing just the way it looked like, forget the scales. <laughs> how do you look in the mirror kind of thing? So my, then my clothes started fitting better. So then like my, my clothes would fit in my, my abdomen, like my gut, but then it, my shoulders got broader and I couldn't, I had to get bigger shirts because my shoulders and my biceps. And I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is for this real. This is what I've been wanting. Yes. And so I started kind of doing that. And then Justin was like, hey, man, you want to come with me? You want to come with me? And I was so scared. I remember that first day I walked into the gym. Dude, like, did did oh. we establish that we knew each other right, or that I knew you right away? I think we came in for the vintage fundraiser last year to take you. Oh, your yes, 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 we yes. Like, That's where we, yep. we, you knew That's my, right. you remember me. And I was like, I, I knew you, but I didn't know you. Um, and so. I probably was jacking with you yeah, when you, you came in. Were, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I know this guy. So then I started, you know, I came to I came to practice and Justin rolled with me or I came to class and Justin would roll with me and you know, I knew I knew Motley. So I knew I knew Motley in high school and um he's kind of treated me like a little brother, like he picks on me, like we'll be rolling and he'll like tickle me. Leave he me does alone. that to me and too. I can't do anything about it. I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm so much bigger than he is and he'll just like mess with me. But um so I'm still on this health journey. Um, but like a guy walked into the gym and this has been probably six months ago and like right after I started training, I've been training like a month or two and said some things to me and I was just for the first We're time. We're not talking life, about force of gym. No, you're, talking about, you're talking about you. Uh, the weightlifting gym. Yep. A different, yep. a totally different place. And he, he doesn't like me for whatever reason, but he came in, he said some things to me. And for the first time in my life, I felt like man, if something happens, like, I can defend myself. And I had been going to jiu-jitsu for two months. Talk about a confidence booster. Just, I'm not, like, I'm a person, and I, no one is going to pick on me anymore. And so. Yeah, and I, what's I crazy is how that, like, there's a lot of depth to that statement, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, because it, it's like, too, you're going to be so much less likely to deal with things mm -hmm. in a manner that would lead you down that road. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah, What's it, kinda, it's not like you won't make a mistake. Uh, don't get yeah. me wrong. It's like I tell I tell people, it's just like Peter Parker, guys. Great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, and it's just balancing it all out, man. It, yeah. it, it's a it, and it is a balancing thing. It's like I like to talk a lot, so podcasting and lecturing history really balances me out. <laughs> you know. Well, I was just gonna say, like, you know, my oldest son is five right now, and I'm trying to get my daughter, who's seven to come to we'll see i tell her i keep telling her like at some point you're gonna go because i wanted to know how to throw some people you know we have a summer camp coming up. i know man she I'm might get her she in might enjoy that, that. Uh, get her in on that be a lot of a lot of girls there as well right. and we're going to the aquatic center one day there's gonna be a water balloon fight oh, come on but martial arts every day too they're gonna have a day where all they do is uh like yoga for the first part like when all the kids are getting there of course gonna lead them through stretches and Dude, stuff i'll get them in on Dude, that. i would love to see her just throw the mess out of some boy <laughs> i think i think for you know i tell drake you know because i grew up you know i mean my daddy's a changed man now we've got a great relationship but back then 
there was no relationship. You know, he was just completely disengaged from my life. And so I didn't have anyone showing me how to defend myself. So I'd get picked on, wouldn't say anything. I think about my boys and my daughter. I don't think jujitsu, it's not self-defense in the sense of like, they're going to know how to like beat people up. What it does for me is it helps them have the assertiveness to look someone in the eye and say, hey, I know what you're doing and I don't appreciate it and it needs to stop. Because like you said earlier, it gives you the confidence to say that knowing that if this thing goes south, I know I'm going to be okay and I'll be comfortable in that uncomfortable situation. And I've heard Woods say a million times, jiu-jitsu is about self-defense. Get, get away. It'll, you can get away. And if they chase after you, Woods says, then break their arms. That's right. You run from them, but if they, yeah. If they, yeah well, and just like how, that's it. It's like how you, um, being able to deal with things in a, like, a just and unemotional way. Yes. That's the yes. best way I could, because, uh, like, I've been, I saw, I think I shared this, uh, well, I did, I shared this video the other day. I don't know if um, you guys saw it, but it, it was going around on all these jujitsu and MMA pages that are, I follow on Facebook, but it was like, it was these two guys, and just for context, like, it, it was like maybe five people in the video, and it, it was all black people, so that's, I'm only telling you that, to, to, you might have seen the video on my page, and like, because I share a lot of fight videos, I'm not going to lie. So, I but like there's these two guys, and one of the guys underneath Mount, and he is getting his self. I think like a, on a basketball court. Uh, I can't remember okay, what it looked like. It was like in like a mall or something. Okay. But I mean, he is wrecking this dude. Yeah, straight wrecking him. He's in Mount. This dude ends up turning over. He's hitting him. I mean, the guy takes it way, way way too far to the mm -hmm. point that it's like dude yeah. you're lucky you didn't kill that guy yeah. yeah and then i at the back end when that dude got up at the end but who knows that dude might have had an aneurysm an hour later you know like mm -hmm. from from head trauma but dude just gets up and walks away at the end but it was like there was a couple of times that some of the other people in that video were like hey man that's enough and yes kinda, i did see that but it's like dude i and I, I said this in the comments it's like 100% of the time, I'm going to put that dude unconscious when it hits that point. Yeah. I'm going to, like, because it's like just the way he's doing it, he's just, boom, posturing up. And I was yeah, like, no one there knows jujitsu. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I'm not just walking around trying to choke people unconscious by any yeah. stretch of the means. But it's like, I mean, I'm not trying to be like some vigilante crusader for social justice. But it's like that was a situation where it's like, you know, whether I choke him unconscious or not. I can I can make that stop, and I can and make should, it stop in a variety of ways. Yeah, and you yeah. should, and and yeah. I'm, that's just a situation I'm using. I'm not trying to, yeah. I may would get a hundred hours of community service and a felony for that. I don't know. Yeah. You know yeah. what was the what was the one that you shared where the fight it may have been outside, and one guy knew jujitsu, and so he gets him a hold of him, and they're all like, "Let him go, get back to your feet," and it's like. It's hilarious. Was like, it the Mexican martial arts video? I don't know. The crowd, <laughs> the crowd got so mad. It is like this is fighting. Yes, grappling is a part of it, and they're like acting like he was cheating. Yes, it, it, it was yes, um, like, yeah. No, I think that was this. Like Evelyn from the gym. Um, have you met Evelyn? She's a blue yes. belt. She's uh, she's four tip blue belt now. Mm. Um, actually, Evelyn is having a baby. Yeah. So she, dude, awesome. Evelyn's had like she's won IKF twice. She's mm. boxed. Um, a few times she's had um she's undefeated in mma 
she beat a girl with like 13 fights, her second MMA fight, but she'd had all these other fights. But she's not going to be fighting for a while. But, um, <laughs> what, wow, man, what was I going to say about Evelyn? I got distracted. She's a savage. Re- revealing her personal business on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure her, her, um, fiance um they're they're like scheduled to get married and everything before they even found out she was pregnant but um he's gonna come on the podcast because we both love better call saul the show (laughs) it's a prequel to breaking bad it's so good but um yeah no she'll be getting her purple belt like we were on the fence Mm -hmm. about giving it to her because she's like she's missed at least one rank of you if not two and it's uh her time was there but it's like we didn't want to like it was suck to come back as a purple belt you know what I'm saying? It's mm. like, because she's going to, it's not, she's still training right now, but there's going to come a time when she's got to take off for a few months and, and then she would start coming back in and, you know, you're working with getting your body back in line mm-hmm. and getting your training volume back up. It's got, you got this brand new rank and mm. just don't want to destroy your confidence. Man, tell me about your first day as a blue belt like the first class because i kind of have i had an interesting experience this week really okay okay so well funny story about that so i was promoted to blue belt and i didn't even really know that it happened because they like caleb didn't have me down to be promoted like he thought they were going to put some stripes on my belt or whatever but I submitted everyone I rolled with, all the blue belts there, including the guy that they from Caleb's gym that had not been training as long as I had, but he got a blue belt at the same time too. Uh, and he got promoted to bite belt the same day as me. Um, but uh, I just like, I remember at the very last, it was this has happened to me on two different promotions. It was me and this guy rolling, and I'm like, I submitted him with a rear naked choke. And I was just like, yes. You know, and I wasn't thinking I was going to get promoted or anything. I was just like, I just tooled all these people in front of all these bite belts. That's what I was really thinking. I was like, man, I look great right now. I submitted my first blue yes. belt because that was it. Like, I never roll with blue belts. Yeah. And I'd, I'd actually been out on my own, like, just with the whole woods thing, the whole part of the story. And I go in, and there's, like, blue belts there from North Carolina, from this dude, Steve Snyder, he taught. And it was, like, the bite belt camp back then. And at the end, like, they did some promotions, and they called me and this other guy up. And, like, we go up, and they're like, Fasha Azul. And I'm like, shake hands, what bows, whatever. I had no idea what was going on. None. And because uh, Caleb didn't have a blue belt for me because he didn't know they were going to. And they're like, um, afterwards, he's like, yeah, so, you, you know, you guys have blue belts. And, and uh, the other guy, he, like, knew what Fasha Azul was for some reason. And he was like. I think we just got promoted to blue belt. And I was like, really? <laughs> awesome. You know, like, no, like we didn't know. Like we're like, uh, but then, um, you know, I just like my, my role was so different then. Cause I was like mm-hmm. coaching people already. And, um, I'd been training for longer. Like the, the rank was not super reflective. Like I said, we started the gi. I've yeah. been doing 18 months of no gi when we started doing gi. And then that was like a year later that I got promoted to blue belt. So my time in the gi was not traditionally Mm. like you have two years of solid gi work, man. I know Mm. you've done some no gi and judo, but it's, um, that was kind of my trajectory. And I started Mm. doing no gi only. They added the gi program, started doing that. 
and really loved it. And we do gi jujitsu as as much, if not what more than anything else at the school, other than like if you looked at like striking MMA as its mm. own program or whatever. But uh, so I didn't even get my blue belt for like three or four weeks until I saw Caleb in Inferno. But here's what happened my first day as a blue belt dog. That was a, a Friday night part of the seminar. Then the seminar was going to be all day Saturday. Jonathan Border, Jiu-Jitsu Bite Belt, I just trained with him and saw him at the camp in, where I got promoted to Bite Belt. He teaches a Judo seminar. A white belt who um, we, were doing, we were doing hip throws, and he threw me on my shoulder and broke my collarbone. Mm. Oh, no. Dang. So mm. I went to um, – this is even pre-Cora – we're not been together for like a long time so uh this would have been like 2008 or nine i can't i can't remember 100 mm-hmm. percent. but um i was like they like fashioned my arm into a sling with my belt and like dude i was it was rough mm-hmm. i could not raise my arm for six mm-hmm. weeks and um so like m- my girlfriend at the time lived in like bryant or not her parents lived in bryant but she was from there so like I go back and like I am just dying. Like I feel like I'm dying. And I remember thinking I'm like I didn't know what was wrong. Like I was just like you know first I convinced myself that I dislocated my shoulder and it was still out of socket. And then I discerned after a couple of like trying a couple of things a little bit like just like I was with my back this morning I was like it's not dislocated. It's the, 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 the ball is still in the socket or whatever, you know? And then I was like, man, so I didn't know what was wrong. And like her mom gave me like some pain pills or muscle relaxers or something And an entire night. They knew I liked, uh, like Tootsie rolls. So they got me for some reason that she's like, oh, we're going to go get him some candy or something. So they gave me this big bag of Tootsie rolls. I hate the old bag, dude. I was just dying in that recliner all weekend. And, um, then I went and saw my chiropractor, much like I'm gonna do tomorrow. Um, and I was he's just like, Hey man, you know, your your collarbone, your AC joint has been dislocated. Mm. And I was like, Okay, cool. I didn't think it was dislocated. Can you wow. put it back in for me? And he was like, Well, I have this medical book here and is this is what's going on. And, and this is what you did right here. And this see your X-ray and, and it's going to be that way for the rest of your life. And I was just like, and I already set you up for an appointment with the orthopedist. And I was just like, so dude, my first six months as a blue belt, my arm was completely immobilized to the sling so, or wow. first six weeks rather. Did you roll? Uh, oh, you couldn't roll for six weeks, but couldn't, after that, uh, did you have to like, keep it in your belt or anything? Uh, I had to, yeah, I, I kept it super in tight for a long time it's it's fine now though i mean i have i don't really notice uh hardly any limitations yeah um but uh you know like then i was like so that was at a judo seminar and then i was like better on my bite belt than that stuff yeah so justin what was your first day <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah let's hear your story by the way you did get your judo black belt good job dude. Uh, yeah i did uh, awesome. r- like actually a cool story on that is it was uh like just a couple of days after the Hickson seminar hmm. and my back, it was hurt before the Hickson seminar and Cora popped it back in for me right before the seminar. And it was like miraculously healed. Boom. And like, I could, I was like, I am now, like I couldn't, couldn't hardly walk. It was the same exact issue actually. Hmm. 
So um, I had I like my hips do that sometimes, and like my chiropractor pops them back in, and they're good. So it's weird. You, what chiropractor you use? Because I've been Jeff Snyder there. in Clarksville, man. He's he's awesome. Okay. I tell everybody it's twenty minute drive, but it's worth it. He's a great dude. What does the appointment cost? Uh, like thirty five bucks, and he's gonna put personal up. time in with you. Just don't like I don't put it on my insurance or anything. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, well, anyway, uh, well, so what? What is what is your story going to well, be? Well, no, let's, it's let's not. Get on that. It's not so much a story as it is just the the perspective that I didn't really. So, white belt, you're white belt. You don't know anything, and that's totally cool. I walk in there with the blue belt, and all of a sudden, I kind of have this idea: like, wait, I'm supposed to know stuff now, like you know. So there's this the expectation of I even thought of rank review, you know, because all the white belts have to show, you know, a warm up drill. Yeah. yeah. And so you're like, you better know warm up drill. You know, I told Hunter, man, hey, get you, you, you need to know warm up drill, bro. And so he had one down, and I was like, man, I don't have to do that anymore. That's awesome. I was like, I mean, because early on, especially that first one, man, if, if the first few people take your, it's a, it's hilarious because you're like, you know, you got these three in your head, and then these three people show it, and you're like, all right, you're scrambling, man. Like, what do I do? Oh, I'm dude, nervous. and when there's like 20 white belts there. Oh, I'll never forget my first one. I didn't know what was going down, and I was, I was, I had no tips on the far left. I'm just like, you know, and Dream brings that very serious. It, the room's serious, man. It's a different tone on Rank Review, and that's good. So he has all the, those uh, white belts step in front of the colored belts. He says, all right, guys, you're going to lead us in a warm-up drill. Look straight at me and says, won't you start us? <laughs> yes. And, and, man, for what felt like an eternity, I was like, I have nothing in my brain right now. So what I did think you pick? I, I think I stumbled out. Uh, it was – it was uh, it was uh, shrimping, like but I didn't. I di but I didn't call it that. <laughs> I think I said something like, "You know, we're going to do these uh, movements." <laughs> and dude, you speak in front of people all the time too, don't you? Yeah, but dude, <laughs> that's, that's so funny. That is a that is an intense moment. So, dude, my I, I felt that way. My boss was like sitting in my lecture at the university this morning. Like, and she's like, "I don't really like. I have a boss or whatever." But it's like, I'm like, "Yeah, you're the boss lady." Like. You're about to learn about the French Revolution, <laughs> but like I, it, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really get nervous. But it was there was kind of like I was like, "What are you writing down right now?" Mm. I, I, I said that I think that you think it was good, you know. But yeah. it was just like that, like how is everyone interpreting this? Uh, how are you interpreting everyone else interpreting it? Sort of dichotomy going. I get what you're saying. Well, and that's the I think that's the you know, and you've done a good job of you've allowed us even myself to show the walkie Tommy when I came back. You had Brad show the move he learned. I think even giving a white belt a chance that there's a different level, you know, being able to learn it and pass it on to other people. I mean, that's a good aspect of jujitsu and you gotta grow in that. Um but yeah, it was just it was unique. I didn't anticipate walking a class and be it was just it just felt different. You know, it felt different. And I I'm just blue belt. I mean blue belt, you know, they call them baby blues. We still don't know a whole lot of stuff. Like we're Man, I'm still way uh, – well, I would even say this, man, as a black belt for you, what I've heard from black belts is you got – I read something the other day that it, when a guy got a black belt, that's when he feels like his jiu-jitsu really began to excel. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. That's a cool way to look at it. So it was just funny, man. I, I'm, You know, it was, I just – it was ways different, but it was fun. Yeah. Now, it, it, that is um – Man, probably over. So, like they say, my, that like I would say, just the traditional average time most people equate to the jujitsu white belt is like eight to twelve years. 
But being on like the upper end of that spectrum, like I do feel like not saying I'm should have been promoted eight years or anything like that per se, but that like it was during the last couple of years that I've definitely like accelerated the most and like disconnecting the dots on so many things mm -hmm. and you know, just like forming forming my own like um approach and identity based off of all of the approaches I've been able to take in, you know. Because, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I've never been to a class where someone was like, hey, you just trained Fabio Santos and your white belt teach the class. But it just seemed like a good thing to do, you know. I was yeah. like, hey, I want to know what this dude showed. So uh, what did he show? Yeah. And I asked you if you were willing to do it yeah, first. You did. And I did that guard break on you yesterday, the one that yeah, he, he taught. Did. Yeah, he did. Dude, I taught you it the it. next day. You did it I well. stole that technique from hey, you, man. do it, man, because that's how it all works. That's what you are talking about earlier, that conduit. Yeah. it, Man, it's it's cool. It's, it, uh, that's just, those, are, those are the things I like about this. Some, You know, there's so many things, but that makes it those, – those sort of connections make it much more enjoyable. And, and like, man, it's undeniable when – someone shows you something and it's like, man, I learned like Michael showing me something he learned from Randy. And then it's like, man, I'm going to only do knee bars that way from mm -hmm. now on. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what it became for me. It's like, mm -hmm. I've been doing knee bars for the, for 11 and a half years. And this is the most effective way I've ever seen to do a knee bar. Wow. Mm. I'm only going to do knee bars this way. Like this is a literal process that went through my head. And I was like, I could do this on all the knee bars. So like, but I have expanded my con my uh, understanding on knee bars multiple times, mm -hmm. right? But it was just like um, that just keeps me in it. And mm -hmm. uh, some people would not be like, uh, I don't know. I just feel like uh, I don't feel like everybody would be like, "Hey, white belt, thanks to the knee bar, mm. I'm going to tell everyone that I learned it from you." Mm. Yeah, and I I think that that's like a um, uh, not a barrier. Or whatever, but that's like a, something that should that should not exist. Like people, when people complain about hierarchies in in jujitsu, I think that's that's what mm. we're dealing with. It's like that's that's how the hierarchy should be. It's like the hierarchy is just like Kano, who invented judo, is the guy that said, "Hey, we're going to do all these colored belts." <laughs> like it's it's convenient for me that all the trolls on the internet um, don't know history at all because I'm like. Where did martial arts belts come from without you Googling it on the internet? Mm -hmm. Okay. Why were they invented? Who invented, you know, who came up with the idea of multiple mm -hmm. colored belts and why and when? It's like, well, Jagoro Kano did because he needed to be able to look at you and know that you knew this, hmm. whatever this was. So it's like, for example, you're going to be right on board, even though Michael's done a lot of privacy stuff, you're going to be right on board with where he is at. And Michael mm. actually has less training time than you by mm. a little bit, a few months. Mm. But it's like, you it's going to be the same thing. You're going to get down there to do your thing or teach somebody something that's going to be awesome. Mm. And that's, man, that's all, that's all I'm trying to do with mm. this is like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be like tonight. I'm going to Chris Thompson's gym. I'm not even, I'm not even teaching class. Like I gotta be able to rely on people at whatever rank to be. Mm -hmm. I just tell people I teach your own level. That's what I told Michael because he's taught a couple of classes now. I was, I was out of mm -hmm. town once last week. It's like it doesn't matter what that level is. It's just like I'm not trying to like 
teach moves I don't know, say things I don't know. And man, if I like, I, I got let in on that. Like one of my coaches super early on, like I showed up to train at his gym and he's like, hey, you, you teaching class today. And I was just like, excuse me, <laughs> Willie McLaughlin. Have you trained with Willie? Barada? I don't know if I have. Smaller guy has like a, um, like a master splinter thing going on. With no, his I with he taught a couple of noon classes. I okay. couldn't remember. Uh, I remember Jamie Harrell got trained with him like okay. twice. He taught a noon and evening class, but he, um, <coughs> um, man, I keep my short term memory keeps giving out on me. That's probably because yeah. I didn't sleep good last night with that my back and stuff. What were we yeah. just talking about? My short-term memory is terrible. I keep I keep going off on this like the third time this happened. I keep talking about it too. You were talking about um, just well, I think I keep thinking about just it's the, the same principle we were talking about. Students just being a lifelong learner. I think some people would probably achieve a say a black belt status, and they would have the attitude of you know who are you, white belt or blue belt or anybody under me to to you know I I know everything. Whereas your approach is going to be, no, I'm going to learn. And if, and if you've got something that I'm not aware of, I'm humble enough to say, dude, I love that move. Uh, show me it again. Okay, I like this. And you'll give proper respect to, to who it came from. You, Who cares, right? It's, who cares where it comes from? You, you get it. It's cool, too, how, like, at this level also, like, when moves like that come around, you can modify. Like, I can be like, mm. hey, you were 90% on that, and I have the other 10%. Mm. Now we have 100%. And mm. it made everybody better. Yeah, that's that, that sort of crossover is um, – is the coolest part but um so what uh what what were some more any more takeaways from you beard on the on the fabio training sesh mm. well like i i just loved i loved how his gym worked and it reminded me of our gym everybody was there to help everybody so the guy i worked i worked the moves with was a black belt and i wasn't doing something right and he would instead of just going along with it and you know i'm a no-tip white belt from out of town he has zero responsibility wouldn't let you go forward with yeah incorrectly hey let's stop let me let's do this again and he made sure i got it right and i you know woods does that you do that and motley does that you know you're constantly teaching and taking motley's moving i'm so sad i'm so sad i miss him he said he did say the other day he might drop in on a new class every now and then yeah, so yeah, he should be true. able to do that. Uh, he's he was working it. He came by rank review. You got to talk to him, yeah. He did. I got a picture of him, dude. That was cool. Means yeah. a lot. Those guys, man, they 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 really helped me. Dude, Those he's guys been, he's been around for like I said since, uh, since like he started Inferno training days. at the old Inferno, yeah. and he said like he remembers like like back then. I told you the mindset I was. I was just like, oh, a new person. Yeah, <laughs> food. <laughs> I'm about to obliterate you, and I was just like, hey, what's up, man? You want to roll? <laughs> and like, and probably just like, I'm gonna tool this guy, <laughs> you know, just like, I'm about oh, to eat man. this dude up at the time. And but it's like, that meant so much to him that like, he's like, You were one of the first guys that talked to me, you and Charles. This is this guy, but man, that's another thing, too. So many people that I've trained with, like that guy I just mentioned, that were super phenomenal athletes mm-hmm. and talented people have not stuck with it. It's almost mm. depressing to think. Like, that dude's supposed to get a blue belt at the same time as dude, me. Why, training why partner. is the, you know, you mentioned the blue belt thing, and, you know, you said it at the rank review. You know, you, like, I could tell you're pretty, raise you're, awareness, you're pretty passionate about it, dude. Why Why do so many people drop out after blue? Dude, I don't What's know. What's the deal? I don't know, man. I, that's like, with that batch, I probably promoted over 30 blue belts total. But you see how many purple and brown belts we have. Like, seven. 
So, and then like those seven blue belts, that makes like 14. So like that many have quit. Mm. I'd have to think back on how many exactly have quit, but I mean, it's, it's a lot of people because man, it's that first major milestone. It's a big accomplishment. And like, dude, you think of it like in Taekwondo, it might take you a year and a half to earn your bite belt if you pay enough. Mm. A year and a half? Yes. Yes, bro. Hmm. I'm still no. gonna be a white belt in a year and a half. I know, dude. But I, but seriously, <laughs> I want to be the baddest white belt in the gym. No, it's dude. Well, and the, pretty good. the thing oh, is, God. man, it's like there, there's gonna come a point where the jujitsu gets so high that it's like, man, it'll be. I think that at certain ranks, it's like on if you start if it, the goal is not is to be able to produce someone with that white belt ability. Yeah. In a in a faster amount of time than ever before, within within reason, there's like a certain point where like the time and the experience have to be there together at the mm-hmm. same point. Yeah, so you that's know? for me, man. I you know having just got my blue belt, dude. The journey's just beginning. I couldn't imagine dropping right now. I mean, dude. I mean, I told Brad when he first started. I said, and and Brad's curve of learning is a lot um, less steep than mine. I feel like just be- because of what you've said. And I feel yeah. like even now there are so many things that I know, you know, I see so many holes in my game, so to speak, that I'm like, dude, I'm not going to quit now. Dude, it's just getting good. Like I'm just, I'm just, because that's one thing I told him, I said, man, I feel like for the first six months, I keep in mind when I first started, I wouldn't trade this for anything, bro. When I first started, it was me you were coaching us, Brashear, Motley, Randy, Woods. That's at the time Randy may have been a upper blue. He got his purple somewhere. All, in all of those people are uh, they're OGs. Oh, dude, been around absolutely. And so I spent my first six months surviving. <laughs> this is getting worked, dude. Straight surviving and tapping every day. I loved it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I think. It wasn't until about it um, that, that taught me how to survive, and those guys would, would stop me and say, hey, you know, try the woods after about four straight days of catching me in a triangle. He said, hey, man, you either want two hands in or two hands out. I said, all right. So that was cool. But, but you know, you taught me that like my second week. I did. Exactly. That's what I I'm did. saying, dude. Yes. Yeah. So, so, dude, a y- about a year, I, I want to feel like in the last six months, no joke, it has been so fun to see things start piecing together. You know, being just swimming out there, drowning in this sea of new knowledge of jujitsu for the first six to eight months to then maybe piecing together one or two things to then like a year and a half in to the last six months have been really fun because I feel like things start to click. But I'm still like, it's so fun because I'm like this, it, it's getting really good now. And so I just couldn't imagine as a blue belt. I mean, I know things happen sometimes. But, you know, those are probably rare, like a legitimate reason why someone would need to stop training. I feel like more it's just people, I don't know, man, but it's, I couldn't imagine. Dude, I, I've, I've worked too hard to get this far, especially when you start introducing the leg lock game. I mean, that's something that, you know, I feel still kind of is still awkward to me. Well, and, and that's going to be that in a way, like I've been, I've been working on integrating the leg locks in the school for two years now, mm-hmm. maybe a little more. But at that time that I really started to integrate, I was like, Bernardo Faria said this on this John Donahue video going around. He's like, I am a white belt that he looks, you know, and it's like, 
<laughs> Me too, bro. That's awesome. You know, and yeah. so imagine when we get caught up on that. Yeah. And like, dude, because we're already doing great in oh, that yeah. department, you know, and it's and it's balanced. It's like I feel like some people get really hill hook heavy and mm. some people get all leg oriented. Now, I don't agree with the sub-only matches outcome the other night, but Nicky Ryan fought Gio Martinez, a uh, 10 guy. And he's 16, and he beat Martinez. He's a purple belt. How'd they, what, the ref decision? Yeah. What was the, I saw, I saw you weren't happy with that. In his hometown. Well, it's a sub-only match. It's like he, they went 15 minutes. It's like, let's see you go three hours with this man. Mm. Yeah, who does it? Don't some of the bigger tournament, when they do sub-only, a lot oh, of those, yeah. Yeah. I, did, I, did, will I thought it should have been a draw. But they th they said like oh the reason we won the ref's decision is because we went to the legs all the time and then we went to the triangle, so we were gonna go legs and we we're gonna go the upper body. That like the leg lock game presents this that model, but when your leg locks aren't working past the guard, when your kimura is not working, jump from the kimura to the leg lock. Like I've got a video it's, it's called uh, on YouTube it's two submissions from half mount. And one is you try and do this Kimura, and I show the Kimura, and it's like if you can't get the Kimura out, boom, you hop on this leg and do that knee bar the way Randy taught Michael that is now the way I do the knee bar, right? Yeah. So, but it's like uh, yeah. there's so many unique pathways to go back yeah. into, we'll say traditional jujitsu, mm -hmm. if that's how you want to refer yeah. to it. You know, it's like I can go to legs to arms. I can go from arms to legs. I can go from legs to passing the guard. I can go from takedowns to leg locks. So when you say traditional jujitsu, you're talking about but like most jujitsu guys don't do leg locs. So they ignore. Is it John Donahue talks about ignoring? Why would you? Know, you half 50, your body? Why would you ignore fifty percent of the body, Joe? Mind blown. When yeah. did, did you have you guys seen that JRE? Yeah. Like when it was so funny because Corey had never heard him talk, and when he came on, he was like. Hey, Joe, thanks for having me. Dude, she was like, <laughs> "That's huh? what's going on? Dude, the first 15 minutes of that is just awesome. Oh, you ain't kidding, man. Dude, I've watched it like three times. He, the way he describes, you know, the, the standing, you know, what do you do in a fight? You know, uh, you get him to the ground. Four, he, four simple steps, Joe. Yeah, the, yeah, what do you do? And then he's just drilling Joe. And, and, you know, here, I mean, how long has Joe Rogan been doing jiu-jitsu? He's the a dude's, black belt. Like 17 years. Dude, he knows his stuff. And it was he's a black awesome. belt under Jean-Jacques Machado. It was awesome, man. You got, you know, he's asking these questions, and you know he's kind of playing. And, and, and at one point, Joe just finally, he's just like, all right, dude, you just, I'm done trying to answer. Like, I give up, man. Like, what is it? It's it's beautiful. It was fun. Yeah. Um you know what's funny is uh, I've talked to a lot of people that 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 turned John Donaher off for them is mm -hmm. how he was um, because he was kind of Socratically legs. goading Rogan, uh, and I mean he was just kind of being funny, but yeah. it, but it, too at the same time it's like I'm a, dude that's like um, when I first took that class logic we started off with fallacies. Right. Did you take it with Bush? Oh, of course, dude. dude I have a minor in Charles P. Bush, man. Twenty-seven hours, Big dog. Big a speckled bird. Yeah, dude. All sit under. Let's go find us a tree on campus today. It's a nice day outside. Sit it under. Nice. Think about the meaning of life while we uh, eat a moon pie and drink an RC cola. <laughs> yes. They would say that every time, man. You know, Charles Bush, uh, Doctor Bush, was mm -hmm. a Green Beret knife instructor. Mm. What? Yeah, never. I'm only telling you, that. I, dude. I want to have him on the podcast. I saw him at the coffee house the other day, 
and he's like, if I can ever do anything to help you, Brian, and I'm just like, come podcast. be on my podcast, please. <laughs> but like, I didn't say anything. Yes. But I'm, Why I'm, not? De- I'm de- next time I see him, I'm gonna ask him about it because because I feel like he might not know what a podcast is. That's okay. And then I'll have to explain it to him. So I need to think about it a little longer. Just tell, just tell him, to, just ask him if he wants to come have a talk with you, and if he's okay with the world hearing it. Yeah, you know uh, you that is a great mind. way to do it. You know, that's all you're doing. That's it, man. I wish that um, I would have done. You know, like some of my mentors have passed away mm. over the um, the last couple of years. The people that I had in undergraduate and graduate mm-hmm. school. And man, it's it's uh, like with Professor Krieger. Mm-hmm. He taught for fifty years, mm-hmm. and um, man, I had all, so many of his lectures and recording. Like I just saw one of them on my in my drive uh, this morning, and I was just like. Because I, I went through the drive files and I typed in French Revolution to pull up my notes to upload them into the UACCM folder so I could access it when I got to campus. And it said, like, French Revolution Day 1, Krieger Notes. And, and I'm sure they were awesome notes, oh, too. Oh, dude. Because he was, he was great. He was. Did you get to have him? No, but I went and you know who he on was. lectures, yeah. Yeah, I did, too, man. Like, I'd already taken Civ 1, uh, mm-hmm. Civ one and 2. And I set in on his sections of Civ 1 and 2 anyway yeah, because I didn't get good. to take. I yes. took one of them with him, and I just set in on it again anyway. And I mean, man, he just – I never – I talk about this a lot. I never got to take him for history of England or Greece and Rome. Is this the part where you're going to cry during the podcast? Dude, I've already almost cried six times just like that guy. <laughs> but uh, but man, that's just it. It's like if we're gonna get emotional, don't get angry and upset yeah. and uh, negative. At the like, it's like, dude, just who makes you happy, man. Mm-hmm. Like any, like sometimes just talking about these stories, you get goosebumps mm-hmm. or you know you get you kind of tear up a little bit, yeah. dude. And I just like I'm I'm all about that. You know, it's like some people are like somebody was like, does it does it bother you with your masculinity to cry? And I'm like, well, I'm not just gonna go cry around like crowds of people do but like dude i cry sometimes bro like it just happens it's not because i'm not it's like if i might just see something that i'm like dang that's beautiful dude Mm. and or you see somebody man i always get emotional at promotions actually like when Mm. if i I was wondering if i was gonna get yeah i didn't know yeah dude i mean it is you know and it's like Luckily, you guys are facing another way. I'd have to look you in the mm-hmm. face, right? <laughs> but man, that's just it. Like I was thinking, and I was saying all this stuff at the end. It's like, dude, I've tried to put a lot of time into it because it's like, dude, Bobby mm-hmm. has a fake mm-hmm. hip. Mm. Like, Bobby does. Yeah, I'm like, this dude has the most. Can we talk the, about Bobby's side control <laughs> pressure? <laughs> that too, bro. He is. It's that Jack Tolfer seminar, bro. Bro, that dude. Well, so and it, even Jack was like, that dude's pressure. He's, it's, yes. It's incredible. When he gets on me, I'm like, immediate problem. I have yeah. to do something about this. Yes, attack. yes. Oh, wow. I can't breathe. It's but, awesome. man, that's uh, like I wanted to be sure that Bobby didn't quit jiu-jitsu, man. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this dude that's has awesome. a fake hip. He's got a black belt. He can be in karate, but he can't kick anymore. Mm. He's such a nice guy. He's a fan. No, he's a sport. Nice. I knew Bobby before. Um, he trained at that karate school that we split rent mm, and wow. he was, he kind of cross trained, but then he moved and moved back and he sought mm, me out mm. as soon as he got back and he's just been like the ideal training partner, man, positive there for the right reasons, trying yeah. to get healthy, experiencing all the benefits of jujitsu. He is Nick dude. Nick's a lifetime member. Solid dude. And does privates with me. I'm just like, dude, just do a private with me this time. And anytime I need a t-shirt, a gi design, a flyer, a, a thumbnail and Photoshop for my whatever, 
you got me. And he's like, I got you. That's awesome. So he just like, cause he just always want to do privates and we would like mm -hmm. trade out on, like I would like come and I'm like, dude, let's just get these on indefinite lock and I'm just going to keep you on retainer. Yes. But, uh, and then Lasseter too, mm -hmm. man, he works with me a couple of times a week and typically always has. And, mm -hmm. um, that's been big for him, man. Mm -hmm. And that's like it, like today I was just like, he was showing a single X sweep and I was like, I taught that last night and he did every bit of Dude, he knows his job stuff. as yeah, me. He knows. And I was just like, I was just so impressed, man. Yeah. I just, that, that's the stuff that'll make you emotional. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, dang, I, I don't have to worry, you know, mm -hmm. like used to, I could never really, I've been talking about this lately just to try but like give people, uh, the, I could never relinquish control right now. Cora can't like not teach all her classes. Mm -hmm. Like, she can't not be there yeah. and someone else teach it and she's there. You know, it's like, it's just like, no, I have to do it. This is what's expected. I do the best job. And it's like, but Michael is doing a really good job over here, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, and he enjoys it, you know? Like he was like, Hey, if your bag's still messed up on Thursday, you know, I got it. And I was mm -hmm. just like, man, you know, and I'll, I'm planning on being there Thursday, but mm -hmm. dude, it's nice to know. I'm like, I was just thinking, I'm like, I know. And I would say the same thing for you, dude. I mean, I haven't seen you teach, but other than, you know, well, yeah, I have the Fabia stuff, but it's like, I know I'm like, yeah. well, it's okay. And dude, I, I messaged, I knew I felt like he's going to be there. And when I could not walk yet this morning, mm. I was like, dude, yeah. Michael, you got it. You're I up. need you dog. I'm throwing out the bat signal yeah. hard right now. Yeah. I'm like, I can't move. And by the time he finally messaged me back, it was 10 till. And I was about, I was like dressed, had myself together. I was limping out the door. And uh, he takes me back, and I was just like, yes, yes, thank you. And then I just kind of got to relax, you know, but See, like, dude, dude. Think think how cool, man. I, I, You know, it's interesting, man, because I think, I don't know what it is. You know, we're doing this, we did this big tournament as a fundraiser, the Vintage Disc Golf Tournament. <laughs> and uh, one of the things we do, you know, we get business sponsors. And so, uh, you know, I try to follow. I, I enjoy shows like Shark Tank stuff like it's fun to watch uh, you know I've met Damon John that's very cool yes, I didn't yes, know yes. that dude yes. where'd you meet him Vegas okay. uh, he was oh. a keynote speaker um, I was gonna say is he in I should have a picture with him on Instagram no he's uh, not that I know of but he gave a motivational speak uh, speech and I was like man is it, it good? was good you know it's he founded FUBU too right yep, yep. I knew what that what is FUBU FUBU bro you never had a FUBU jersey for us by us yeah for hey. us by us on the low you never seen that LL Cool J hey, Gap commercial he's a he's a fantastic businessman too but i think you know following you guys you know it's been pretty cool obviously brett and i being a part of the gym and um a part of force of life and just the culture there that we support and that we're happy to be a part of i think it's cool to you know when you reference this having people you can count on i think dude can you imagine like so five years from now like dude if, if and i mean brett and i aren't going anywhere i mean unless guy calls me somewhere else man i, I yeah. kind of i'm i'm here man so it's Bro, we're we're here. I mean, you got it's this only going to get better. I feel, yeah, I feel like, dude, it's been. I mean, the other day at noon class. I mean, when I first started, you're talking about it was five people. Sometimes mm. we had the, what, the, twelve people in the white belt it's line. It's been like yesterday? fourteen, fourteen, bro, fifteen people class. Bro, the yes. white belt line is 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 doing <laughs> wraps <laughs> around. It's a like gooseneck we're around. Going old, you remember the snake yes. game? You remember the old game on the snake? It's, it's doing all yeah. the way to the, to the dressing room, bro. It's awesome. Yes. I love it. I, I do too, it. man. It's it, and it's awesome to see it grow. Like what's well, I kind of has mentioned this earlier. Um, Cora was remarking, she's like, "Hey, like she sent me a text and she's like, 
we were financially stable. I can finally relax. And mm. I was like, because oh, she, hand, she handles all the, yeah, it's not for me. I don't care. Money's a tool, <laughs> you know, but, mm. um, but I also spend a lot of the money that she's probably stressing out about, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, but, um, you know, it's like, uh, that is, um, being able to feel, uh, confident and whatever mm. it is you need to feel confident in is, yeah. is such a big thing. And, um, you know, jujitsu, it brought that about for me, mm. but it's, um, you know, it's nice to know that, um, that you can follow your passions and they're yeah. gonna, they're gonna pay off. And like, I just, I just get focused. I'm super focused on that. It's like, this is the plan all along. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I know what it's going to be like in five years. Cause I already engineered that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I told her. I'm like, yes, yes. Cause she was like, imagine when you start working, teaching history, like more classes. Cause uh, this is something she knows I want to do, but it's just like, yeah, it's going to be like a, a decent middle-class type job, we'll say. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, this was always the plan. Hmm. Like, I, I, why are you surprised? This is all I've ever talked about, you know? Mm -hmm. But like, it's, you know, for me, it's like, I've already had, like, I've already brought it to fruition. You know, like I'm a big, I'm a big goal setter. I'm a big long-term plan maker list maker, whatever. Mm. I'm always trying to figure out how to get to the goal of whatever it is. If that's having a custom force mm. a rug, maybe, maybe I'll get one, you know, like, whatever it is. But I'm just like, man, I, I, if I think about it, I'm trying to bring it to reality in some way. I'm mm. trying to create it, whether it's for me, cause I want it. And, and then other people also enjoy it. Mm. It's but, uh, yeah, but now that's like that five years from now, what you're talking about is like, that's been the plan all along too, you know, and it's a plan now more than ever. Mm. Like now it's visually attainable. If it's, if it's visually attainable for you, it's in my mind too, you mm. know? And yeah. that's like some of the stuff we talked about is like the culture of what I think that we're doing is what's going to bring that about. Mm. Like I, I, I think that some gyms that, it's like, why haven't they made it to that? Like, and I think about that a lot and I'm like, well, what is it about these gyms that make them this way, whether it's a tougher gym or whatever, but anyway, that's good. But that's one thing that I think drew me to keep coming back was the culture of the gym, you know, humility and you know, you as a coach, I'm, I mean, Dude, I'm just, it I'm used just, to not be this way. I'm an overweight white belt. And here you are w working with me on heel hooks when you don't have to, you could be rolling your back, you know. Yeah, but dude, it's the thing is, is like I legit want you to come back. You yeah, know? not just because you're going to exactly. be on the podcast today, but that's that's the thing. It's like, and it's not either because I want because you represent income, you know, like mm -hmm. that's not it either, and yeah. it's not that for Corey either. Yeah. But it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, like I said, it's just like it's awesome that we get to actually do something that we enjoy and it's monetizable. Mm -hmm. I mean, people make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on YouTube posting videos of their yeah. life yeah and uh you know man i'm just following my passions and it, it inspires people and then they get passionate about it and then everybody is on the same on the same page all together at the same time is is a community yeah you know what did the gym used to be like well we you know it used to we used to do a lot more mma uh-huh and so yeah, man, I just like, I don't know, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a shark tank for a little while. It was just like, uh, people would get knocked out and is this back in Motley's fighting days? Yes. Yeah. 
He stole Dude, it one of the last times when Motley sparring pro, he hit me super hard, and then I like I I put him down hard, and I remember being like, "Oh, you want to be a pro?" Like while I was doing it, and that's how we used to throw down. It yeah. was just like I was like. How dare you exert your dominance over me? Like that type of and but dude, everybody was that way. Huh. That was the culture. You know, like and, and it's now. like, well, the, what you have to do is like, when does it stop being that culture when you stop doing that? Not when we stop. I mean, yeah, I have yeah. to stop doing it too. Uh, you know, it's like parts of myself I have to keep in check and balance for sure. But like, I do but, think there's a time, even in, in for us, I mean, we're doing gi jujitsu and I think that obviously when we roll the majority of the times it's it's you know what 75 80 percent and then there's those moments where you do either um you know we'll do odd man out or like what we did really creatively that the was other fun day. that was fun i think there are moments where it's good you know well i saw a quote on from fabio santos there he said every everyone uh competing he is about competition mm -hmm. and he said a competition is like 30 classes he said there's just nothing like someone coming 100 percent at you and I think, you know, it's been funny because I remember there was one day, it was like a couple months back, you know, and you did Odd Man Out. I think it was after it was over. Wood said, uh, he said, hey, I just want to apologize to everybody. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, know. but you know, that's yes. good for him. I want him, He, you know. And that's why I and picked him the other day because I knew that at 46 years old, he was still going to be a he savage. Need, he needed, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, there's a time where we need to feel that. But I love it that it's not every day. I think that's really good for for the for all of us. And I don't even think it's the going hard, but it's you know not being a jerk about things, yeah. not holding a. Well, choke there's been there's been at least two, two times that you and I have like, I'm like, oh, I'm doing this move, and like I would just say you like got in your continuum of moves, which also was a part of my counter and continuum of moves. So you started countering my counters and. Did we like went like all the way across the mat? Mm -hmm. And it's like, dude, we were probably dancing around that full bore yeah. rolling, and it was just like it was fun, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and it, was, it, and it was like one of those things that's like that was a pleasurable experience. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and two, well, it's like that wasn't holding anything back because mm -hmm. it's like I'm trying to get ahead in that moment. It was like very, very scramble oriented, but we were both hitting techniques that mm -hmm. we've been working on. Yeah, because uh, I remember you hit that reposture on me, and I was just like. No, because that's when you got ahead, and uh, I want to say I was just like something happened, and I was like, I remember being like, this dude cannot pass my guard and put me in cast. So I'm so oh, tired yeah. right now. Okay. But man, that's it because I knew it's like, man, if he were to, I was like, I know your cast is good. If he were to do that, that would suck. <laughs> I'm kind of tired right now. So it's like you get it, it doesn't matter what you're. At. It's like, man, this dude, you know, he's. I got respect for that position. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not gonna let that happen. And dude, I. Rolling with you will think that way sometimes. It's like, dude, once you start getting tired and your lungs are low on fire, you've been rolling 20 minutes and mm -hmm. you, you slept four hours last night or whatever. Man, I'll tell you guys, too, that's the only thing I've been trying to do. And, like, I just, like, I, I, I like, was jacked up in my back last night. It's like I could not get comfortable. I was There's no way I was going to bed early. But I just I slept like trash. But, man, when I get more sleep, I, I – the, the difference in my training and mood and everything is astronomical. Mm -hmm. Well, dudes, let's go ahead and uh, wrap. We've been going about an hour and a half, so I appreciate you dudes taking the time. Thanks for the acai bowl, daily juice, uh, daily uh, is it daily daily press. press daily press juicery. So you good. Got it. I, I, yeah, I know. I go there and get bowls, mm -hmm. man. It's Dude, good. I should have asked them to sponsor this meal. 
since his yeah, last I know, right? Yeah. What was I thinking, man? Nah, we'll, we'll give him a shout out, man. Um, <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much for coming out. I'll get this uploaded here. Uh, I'm pretty, I think I'm all caught up on my uploads. I got oh, yeah. Hope Adair from the local radio station on. She was my last oh, guest yeah. on Sunday. So uh, thanks for taking the time. Dude, thanks to for do having this. Thank you for having us. It's been fun. It's we'll been see fun. you dudes in the gym. Train on. Boom. Yeah.